1: WinBet is now live in all of these states and the excitement of Win Las Vegas has finally landed in online sports betting and casino play. From boosted parlays to live in-game offs on every major sport, WinBet gives you the tools to win. Sign up today for your risk-free thousand dollar sports bet. Download the WinBet app now or visit wynnbet.com to start winning. Away we go, episode 159 of the Al Galdi podcast. It is Tuesday, October 5th, 2021, the day after we had the eruption of a new scandal for the Washington football team. Yes, a scandal, a controversy, a distraction, ooh, <laughs> a distraction. I always love it when people make a big deal out of the distraction angle of things in sports. Oh, are the players going to be distracted? How will these players ever be able to play when they are distracted? Uh, the whole distraction thing to me is one of the most overrated things in sports. Most athletes are great at compartmentalizing. But anyway, yeah, WFT meet the DEA. It turns out that the D. E.A., the feds, and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility on Friday, and Washington has placed the team's director of sports medicine and head athletic trainer, Ryan Vermillion, on administrative leave. This for what the team calls an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the team. Uh, I have learned some things about this. I will be sharing those things and talking about this situation next segment. But hello and welcome to a Tuesday installment of the Al Galdi podcast. Why can't we ever just enjoy things as Washington football team fans? We had to come from behind 34-30 win at the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday afternoon to get to 2-2. Two and two. And the next day, the next day, we learned that the feds are investigating Ryan Vermillion unbelievable it truly is always something with this team well i am going to talk plenty of football on the show we on monday got a lot regarding washington's injury situation the news for multiple players isn't good i'm going to get into that news and who now must emerge for washington coming up as ron rivera on monday during his day after the game zoom press conference got into what now for washington off these injuries that was a costly win at the Falcons. Also from Ron on Monday, a very telling answer regarding Chase Young. And I'm going to talk about a particularly notable aspect of Chase Young's game at the Falcons on Sunday, his playing time. Did you see what happened with that? Also from Ron on Monday, a very telling answer regarding Dustin Hopkins off him missing those two extra point attempts. I will be discussing where Ron appears to be at with old D-Hop. Uh, you can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Email from Billy D in NC on the Washington football team struggling defense. Writes Billy, I was thinking about Don Ron's quotes regarding the WFT defensive players not playing the defense the way it is designed to be played. I feel he is basically saying the players are not following the scheme. In thinking about these statements, I feel this may be a case where the WFT may not have the right players for Don Ron's and Jackie D's scheme. However, I think good coaches adjust their schemes to match their players. Think way back to Joe Gibbs in 1981, his first year. He started 0-5. He was a huge fan of the Air Coriel scheme, which involved throwing the ball a great deal. After the 0-5 start, Gibbs realized he did not have the players for that scheme and changed to running the ball with his huge offensive line. He changed his scheme to match his players. I hope Don Ron is not too stubborn to realize maybe the scheme needs to change. Would love your thoughts. Uh, Yeah, so generally speaking, I am a big believer that coaches must adapt their schemes to the players who those coaches have, as the great Joe Gibbs did 40 years ago. (laughs) Yes, Joe. Hello. Nothing beats the great Joe Gibbs laugh. Anyway, a coach should have his general principles, but he within those principles should have the flexibility to modify things depending on his roster. That said, this situation to me is different. Washington's defense was very good last season. Yes, Washington benefited from facing all of those bad quarterbacks last season, but that wasn't the only reason... For Washington's defensive success last season. The defense was good. What people now are doing is acting like the bad opposing quarterbacks were the only reason that Washington's defense had good numbers last season. And that's just not true. And so my point is this, Ron Rivera's and Jack Del Rio's defensive scheme worked last season. And when you combine that with the reality that both Ron and Jack have presided over excellent defenses with multiple teams then I don't think that it's unreasonable to say that these players on this season's Washington's defense need to play the scheme the right way first before the coaches go and change the scheme. It would be one thing if Ron, Jack, and the scheme were all unproven, but that just isn't the case. And so unless the scheme has significantly been altered from last season to this season, the players who aren't adhering to the scheme need to adhere to the scheme uh, before we can say that the scheme needs to change. Well, here's something that needs to change. Who is caring for your lawn? You work hard. You want to enjoy your weekends. You don't have time to worry about the science of having a good looking lawn. Who has time to figure out what to do and when to do what to do and how to do what to do to have a good looking lawn? That's where Weedman. Comes in. Weedman cares for your lawn, so you don't have to. And Weedman right now is offering a special deal to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman provides what your lawn needs to look great fertilization, weed control, aeration, seeding, and a variety of other services. If you don't have the time or the knowledge to make your lawn look great, no worries. Let Weedman take care of your lawn. If you're not satisfied with who is currently caring for your lawn because those people are unreliable or just don't do a very good job, make the switch to Weedman. Uh, Weedman is a national network of locally owned franchises, so you'll receive the personal service that you deserve. Weedman answers your phone calls and emails promptly. Weedman does what it says It's going to do, I know that sounds simple and it is, but it's actually not nearly as common as it should be. Uh, Weedman's products are of the highest quality. Weedman does not cut corners. The best weed control, state certified seed. Weedman's secret sauce is the fertilizer. All of Weedman's organic-based fertilizer applications feature 65% super slow-release nitrogen that feeds your roots slowly and effectively. You see, Weedman has a mastery of the science behind a great lawn. Now, a beautiful spring lawn actually starts now in the fall. And so Wheatman is offering something special to listeners of the Al Galdi podcast. A fall tune-up at a great price. An aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $209. That's 30% off the usual price for those services. That price is a steal. That price applies to lawns of up to 6,000 square feet. So here's what you do. Call 571 340 when you call, make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast so you get that special deal. Again, an aeration and two fall fertilization services for just $209. Again, a 30% discount of the usual price for those services. That phone number again, 571 340 3400. And make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast so you get that special deal. You could also Google Weedman and make a web request. Just make sure that you mention the Al Galdi podcast. Weedman, a great lawn at a great price with great personal service. All right, well, before we get to the actual Washington football team football talk on this Tuesday installment of the podcast, we're going to first deal with the latest scandal regarding the Washington football team. You didn't think that we would go long without another major scandal involving this team. Now, did you? Now, maybe this scandal has nothing to do with the Washington football team. Time will tell. But, you know, we had the ownership scandal. We had the sexual harassment scandal. Each appears now to be over. And so I guess it's time for a new scandal. And sure enough, we now potentially have one. Uh, Less than 24 hours after Washington's 34-30 win at the Atlanta Falcons. And shortly before Ron Rivera was to begin his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, we had major news that broke on Monday. Washington has placed the team's director of sports medicine and head athletic trainer Ryan Vermillion on administrative leave. Uh, This for what the team calls an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the team. So it's important to emphasize that per the team, this is unrelated to the team. It turns out that the DEA, the Drug Enforcement Administration, and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility on Friday. Yeah, Washington's practice facility got raided on Friday. It's a borderline miracle that this didn't come out until Monday. And there's incredible irony to all of this because it was on Friday night that we, believe it or not, had DEA night at Nationals Park. Yeah, we had DEA night at Nationals Park on Friday night. Uh, This for the Nats 4-2 loss to the Boston Red Sox. So Friday night was DEA night, at Nationals Park. I mean, who the heck has ever heard of DEA night, by the way? But anyway, Friday night was DEA night at Nationals Park. And it turns out that earlier in the day, the DEA and the Loudoun County Sheriff's Department conducted a search at Washington's practice facility. You can't make this stuff up. So like I said, the news of all of this broke shortly before Ron Rivera was to begin his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday. Uh, that was supposed to be at 2 p.m., ended up being delayed until 2.30 p.m. Ron got asked a bunch about the Ryan Vermillion situation, said next to nothing. I have a lot to say about all of this, but here was some of what Ron had to say. So the team put out that statement saying that Vermillion has been placed on administrative leave for what the team calls an ongoing criminal investigation unrelated to the team. This was Ron on Monday on if he had anything to add to the statement. And then you'll hear a follow-up exchange with Washington football team insider Nikki Javala of the Washington Post.
2: Nope. All I can tell you is that uh, we've made a statement. In, in- Ryan
1: Vermillion, is he on paid administrative leave, or?
2: The the team has already made its statement.
1: Okay, and we were off and running. Uh, Ron on Monday, on what it's like for him to see a guy who Ron has worked with for years in Ryan Vermillion be involved in this situation.
2: Well, I'm not going to comment how I personally feel about what's going on. Uh, That's not, uh, you know, that'll go beyond what, uh, what, what, what. I need to say.
1: And a special thank you to whoever apparently did not mute his or her mic. And so we got to hear that person's wonderful typing. Uh and one more for you. Ron on Monday, on how he will handle the Ryan Vermillion situation from a culture standpoint, given that this is something that is happening under Ron's watch.
2: Um the organization made a statement, guys, and and we're just gonna stick with that for right now, okay?
1: Yeah, so the whole culture thing, uh, Ryan Vermillion being investigated by the feds and being placed on administrative leave is a major blow to the idea of a culture reset of Washington being led by Ron Rivera. Now, let me make this clear. we have no idea if Ryan Vermillion is guilty of anything. He may be totally innocent of any illegal activity. I am not someone who just presumes guilt. There's a lot that we don't know. however, this is not a good look, okay? The head athletic trainer of the Washington football team being investigated by the feds, the DEA, La Dea, for those of you who watch Narcos, La Dea, rated the Washington football team's practice facility on Friday. Like, just saying that out loud sounds so whacked out. The DEA raided the Washington football team's practice facility on Friday. You know, if Dan Snyder truly has stepped away for a while, old Danny boy's probably like, you can't put this one on me, okay? Hey, Beth Wilkinson, hey, Bethy girl, uh, you can't put this into your investigation. But understand who Ryan Vermillion is. He is a Ron Rivera guy through and through. Ryan Vermillion was hired by Washington just days after it hired Ron as head coach. Washington, on January 6th, 2020, officially announced the hiring of Ryan Vermillion as head athletic trainer. Vermillion spent 18 seasons as the head athletic trainer for the Carolina Panthers, 2002 through 2019. Nine of those seasons, 2011 to 2019, were spent working under then Panthers head coach Ron Rivera. Now, two other things with Vermillion. Uh, A, Vermillion prior to working for the Panthers actually worked for Washington as its director of rehabilitation in 2001. That was the Marty Schottenheimer season. B, Vermillion worked under then Miami Dolphins head coach Don Shula from 1992 through 2000. So Ryan Vermillion has been in the NFL for a long time. Ryan Vermillion worked under Don Shula for years. Ryan Vermillion has worked under Ron Rivera for years. When you hear Ron during his press conferences reference an RV, like I haven't talked to RV yet. I need to talk to RV. RV is Ryan Vermillion. And Ryan Vermillion has a very good reputation in some circles. Vermilion during the 2020 season received public praise from Ron for the excellent job that Washington did with the COVID-19 pandemic. Remember, Washington in the 2020 regular season had the fewest number of players put on a COVID-19 list, just two. And both players weren't even on the active roster. Uh, Washington placed Matt Ioannidis on the reserve COVID-19 list off him having been on the reserve injured list and Washington placed running back Javon Leak on the COVID-19 practice squad list. For comparison's sake, the Baltimore Ravens in the 2020 regular season put an NFL worst 42 players on a COVID-19 list. The Las Vegas Raiders in the 2020 regular season put 37 players on a COVID-19 list. The league average without Washington was 15.4 players And yet Washington, last regular season, put just two players on a COVID-19 list. Washington did a phenomenal job with the pandemic last season. Well, I guess with the exception of one guy who shall remain nameless and uh, was in fact maskless at a stripper party in December. But I digress. But Ryan Vermillion, like I said, very good reputation in some circles. Now, I've actually learned some things about the Ryan Vermillion situation that I want to share with you. So I was actually told this past May that the DEA was investigating Ryan Vermillion. The news that broke on Monday had been in the works for months. This was not something that just came out of nowhere. Now, I never said anything publicly about the DEA investigating Ryan Vermillion because one, I only heard that the DEA was investigating Ryan Vermillion from one source. And I'm not a huge believer in just blabbing something like that out if you don't have it as a multi-sourced enterprise. And number two, truthfully, I'm not a reporter, okay? While I certainly don't go out of my way to bury things, okay? I mean, I tell you what I know and tell you what I think. Uh, Vetting and reporting news is not what I do. And so to enter into that arena is not something I take lightly, and it's not something that, you know, I have done, okay? Um, What I do is different from that. But I this past May did learn some things, About Ryan Vermilion. And I shared those things at the time on this podcast. Uh, The gist of what I learned has to do with Ryan Vermilion versus Dr. Robin West. So, Robin West, Washington hired her as the team's director of sports medicine in June 2016. Robin West, the medical director of Inova Sports Medicine, it was Robin West who served as the lead physician and surgeon for Alex Smith over his 17 surgeries on his right leg. And, of course, it has been Anova that was a major sponsor for the Washington football team. Heck, the team's headquarters in Ashburn, Virginia, is still technically known as the Anova Sports Performance Center, although I don't anticipate that lasting for much longer because, as you may recall, Anova this past April 2nd announced that Anova had, quote, made the decision to discontinue its medical team's role as the team physicians for the Washington football team End quote. So Vermilion and West had problems during the 2020 season. Among those problems was the treatment of injured players, including Alex Smith. Alex Smith, you may recall, had a quote, right calf, end quote, injury, right? Remember that? Late last season, December, January, Alex Smith, this right calf ailment. Uh, Alex Smith hid his quote, unquote, right calf injury From Vermillion, or at the very least, downplayed the ailment to Vermillion. Alex Smith did not trust Ryan Vermillion. And this does help to explain the bizarre, the mysterious, the confusing nature of the Alex, quote, right calf, end quote, injury in the 2020 season. Just to refresh your memory of what went down with this injury. So weeks 10 through 14 of last season, Alex Smith was Washington's QB1 as Washington went 4-1. and But the last of those games, that 23-15 win over the San Francisco 49ers in Arizona on December 13th, my birthday, uh, included Alex leaving the game in the second quarter due to what we were told was right calf soreness and tightness. And you may remember Alex did not look good during his time in that game. Weeks 15 and 16 of last season, Alex missed two consecutive games due to this right calf injury. Uh, missing two games in the midst of a playoff push due to a right calf injury seemed a bit odd, but thinking was that for Alex, perhaps a right calf injury was more significant than it would be for most people due to what had happened with Alex's right leg. But as time went on, Alex insisted that the injury had nothing to do with what had happened with his right leg. Okay, fine. Uh, week 17 of last season, Alex returned as Washington's starting quarterback. The Washington football team concluded a 7-9 and regular season and clinched the NFC East with a 2014 win at the Philadelphia Eagles on Sunday Night Football. But Washington won that game in spite of Alex, not because of Alex. Ron Rivera, during his post-game Zoom press conference, admitted to having actually considered benching Alex. Quote, I thought about it. I thought it worked out well enough. End quote. It was around this time, remember, that we really started to get some signs of tension between Ron and Alex. Remember, just a few days before that win at the Eagles that Ron was asked essentially, would you be in this position if not for Alex Smith? And Ron very famously said, "Mm, yeah, if Kyle Allen had stayed healthy, we'd be in this same position. Then we early in Washington's 2021 offseason found out more about Alex Smith's, quote, right calf, end quote, injury that plagued him over the final month of Washington's 2020 season. Ron Rivera during a Zoom press conference this past January 10th indicated that Alex Smith's right calf injury had been worse than people thought. Uh, A piece on Alex Smith on CBS's 60 Minutes on January 17th reported that Alex's right calf injury had been, or at the very least, had included a bone bruise to his surgically repaired right leg. And then Alex went on the 10 Questions with Kyle Brandt podcast in an installment of that podcast that dropped on February 17th. And Alex, in that appearance, referred to his injury as having been a, quote, bone contusion, end quote, and as having been unrelated to the 17 surgeries that he underwent on his right leg. So, I mean, not that I'm a doctor, but a bone bruise is very different than a right calf injury, okay? Okay. This was a confusing situation, this injury that Alex Smith was dealing with. What exactly was it? Was it related to the 17 surgeries on the right leg or was it not related to the 17 surgeries on the right leg? And so here is what I have been told. Alex didn't want Vermilion knowing about or treating Alex's right calf injury slash bone contusion slash whatever this injury actually was. This is, I believe, why there was so much mystery and confusion with Alex's injury. Alex trusted Dr. Robin West, Alex did not trust Ryan Vermillion, and West and Vermillion did not get along. Additionally, remember what Alex said in that article by SI.com's Greg Bishop that came out this past April 22nd, three days after Alex announced his retirement. The article detailed Alex bizarrely being overworked during 2020 training camp despite his right leg situation read the article quote at camp players wore gps trackers and none traversed 4000 yards a day on average like smith whose coaches asked him to carry extra weight push sleds and hurdle bags for drills tasks he had never done in 15 pro seasons let alone before his leg had to be rebuilt smith believed the team wanted to see if it could break him and if that sounds paranoid the team physician agreed with him They seem to be asking, Dr. Robin West says, what can he withstand? Are you sure you're clearing him? The coaches would ask. West would try and explain. The short answer, yes. The disclaimer, she would assess his leg based on her informed medical opinion. I got very little support, she says. He almost died. He almost lost his leg. Why would he want to? Reasonable questions. That's not your decision, West told them. Smith found the coaches patronizing, meaning he believed they preferred a cute story to come back already at the end. His father, Doug, says he believes the team sabotaged the return. None of the Smiths could figure out why. The coaches could worry about the injury and his future, but they were not experts. I'd rather have somebody right in my face say, what are you thinking? Smith says, it pissed me off. End quote. Remember, Alex displayed a bitterness regarding his final season with Washington upon the conclusion of Washington's 2020 season. There very much seemed to be a tension between Alex and Ron, a tension that first manifested itself, I believe, in late December as we were approaching that Week 17 game at the Eagles. Again, Uh, days before that game. It was the Wednesday before that game. Ron gets asked, would you be here if not for Alex Smith? And Ron essentially threw shade on Alex saying, yeah, we'd be here if Kyle Allen had not gotten hurt." Then Alex isn't very good in that win at the Eagles. And Ron, after the game, point blank says, yeah, I thought about benching him, but he was good enough. And then Alex, of course, didn't even play in the 31-23 loss to the Tampa Bay Buccaneers at FedEx Field in the wildcard game. Taylor Heineke started that game. And what I've been told about that game, by the way, is that Taylor Heineke knew he was going to be the starter for that game days before that game. That, that was not like a last second game time decision as it was set up to be. Uh, Taylor Heineke knew very early that week that he was going to be the QB1 for the playoff game against the Bucks. But this tension between Alex and Ron, I believe a good bit of that was rooted in the tension between Alex and Ryan Vermilion, with Ryan being such a a Ron guy. And what I just read to you from that SI.com article, I think sets up a very clear situation of Alex Smith and Robin West on one side, Ron Rivera and Ryan Vermillion on the other side. Like I said, Alex did not trust Ryan Vermillion. And now that the DEA, La Dea, is investigating Ryan, you can only wonder why Alex didn't trust Ryan Vermillion, you know? Was Ryan Vermillion getting guys all pilled up, all shot up? in order to play. I have no idea. Like I said, I'm not just presuming guilt here for Ryan Vermillion. I very much would like to hear his side of the story. He has been a part of the NFL for a very long time. It seems to me it would be difficult to be a part of the NFL for a very long time if you're nothing more than a drug pusher, okay? So like, there's got to be more to this than what we know. I'd like to know that more before I personally arrive at a full and definitive conclusion as to what's going on here. But I did want to share with you what I know because I feel like what I was told back in May now takes on a much different context given what we learned on Monday. Uh, And I would not be sharing this with you if I had not been told this from a source who I do trust on this situation, it's always something with the Washington football team. And now it is a DEA investigation of the team's head athletic trainer. What's wild about this Ryan Vermillion situation too, is that him going on administrative leave comes at a time now in which the Washington football team is very banged up. Uh, all kinds of news on Monday regarding injuries incurred, by Washington in the win at the Falcons. We'll get to the latest injury news starting with the latest on Washington's woeful defense after this. Washington football team season is in full swing and there's no need to exhaust yourself searching all over the internet to find Washington football team tickets. That's because Pick. That's T I C K P I C K is the original no fee ticket site and the only ticket site that you'll ever need as your go to for all NFL tickets. TickPick got rid of all of those awful service fees that the other ticket sites charge. This allows TickPick to guarantee the best prices on all of its NFL tickets. Don't believe this? Look, if you can find better prices for the same seats on another ticket site. TickPick will give you 110% of the difference in the purchase price. We're all excited to watch the WFT this season. Whether you're looking to watch Young Sweat and the defense battle Mahomes and the Chiefs or Brady and the Bucks at home or wanting to travel with McLaurin and the guys to watch them play at Rodgers in the pack or at Carr and the Raiders or you want to hit up the division games, TickPick has you covered. Again, TickPick guarantees the best prices on all of its NFL tickets, no more of those ridiculous service fees. So here's what you do. Visit TickPick.com slash right now and use the promo code Galdi to save $10 on your first order of Washington football team tickets. That's T-I-C-K-P-I-C-K.com slash Galdi and use the promo code Galdi tickpick.com slash Galdi, and make sure that you use the promo code Galdi.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast.
1: Well, talk about barely being able to enjoy a win. The Washington football team on Sunday afternoon improved to two and two with the 3430 win at the Atlanta Falcons. What was a come from behind win? Washington overcoming a 30-22 fourth quarter deficit with two touchdowns over the final four minutes of the game. But we in the game had another bad performance by Washington's defense. We in the game had a bunch of injuries suffered by Washington. And then on Monday, we had this Ryan Vermillion situation break. I'm going to talk about the latest on the Brandon Sheriff and Logan Thomas injury situations. Next segment when I talk Washington's offense. But right now, the defense. Uh, two key Washington defensive players appear to be done for the season. Ron Rivera, during his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday, said that corner Tory McTire is done for the season due to a torn ACL, and that linebacker John Bostic is likely done for the season due to a torn pectoral muscle. Uh, The McTire news is troubling because Washington already was without Benjamin St. Juice. He was inactive on Sunday due to a concussion that was suffered in the loss of the Buffalo Bills in week three. You hope like heck that St. Juice is good to go for this next game for Washington, home to the New Orleans Saints this Sunday afternoon at one. If not, presumably we have Daryl Roberts as Washington's number three corner and Gulp Troy Apke, aka Trap as Washington's number four corner. Remember all of the geniuses who said that Apke was never going to have to play on defense because he was a number six corner and he was only kept on the 53-man roster for his great special teams work? And geez, don't you guys understand how important special teams are? Yeah, let me know if, in fact, Apke is never needed to play on defense this season. And then with Bostick, look, we all know that John Bostick is flawed, but him being out now lessens Washington's depth for a position group that Seems to be among the shallowest on the team. We'll see. I mean, hopefully that proves to not be the case here. But Vostick being out will mean more playing time for Jamin Davis, who really hasn't been playing that much. Jamin in the win at the Falcons only played on 43% of Washington's defensive snaps. Here was Ron on Monday on whether Jamin is ready for an increased role. And you'll quickly hear Ron bring up two other linebackers.
2: Well, Jamin's... uh... Going to get a little more opportunities, obviously, and 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 we'll take a look at our other linebackers. But the, uh, Kalik should get the, more of an opportunity as well uh, to 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 add on and play some, and um, and uh, David Mayo may get some more opportunities as well. We'll see how we uh, how we figure those things out as we get and progress into this week and get a chance to sit down and talk about those uh, as far as the staff is concerned.
1: All right, so Khaliq Hudson and David Mayo. Neither guy has played on a single Washington defensive snap so far this season. Washington took Khaliq Hudson in the fifth round of the 2020 NFL Draft of Michigan. Hudson in the 2020 regular season did play in 16 games, but he played on just 4.88% of Washington's defensive snaps. He did, though, lead Washington in special team snaps Last regular season, uh, Hudson, Mayo, and DeShazer Everett are tied for first on Washington in special team snaps for this season. Ron on Monday on where we're at with Kalik Hudson.
2: Well, I think, you know, going through training camp, I thought Kalik had a good one. You know, I really did. I thought he played well when, in the preseason. Um, and it's just a matter of getting an opportunity, and, and this will be an opportunity to see exactly where he is. Uh, I think he's a, a guy that plays fast and physical, has good quickness, uh, has played pretty much. Um, um, but we what we would consider the, uh, the, the will position, uh, guy that will walk, excuse me, the Sam position, the guy that will walk out into space every now and then, uh, coming out of college. So I think this might be something that might be up his alley.
1: And Ron then got asked what has prevented kalik Hudson from playing on defense so far this season.
2: Well, I think what, we got, what we've what we been getting from, from Jamin in terms of his development and growth, I think uh, the way that uh, John Bostic has played and done some things for us, um, but also what Cole's done. I think Cole's really uh, coming on and developing and growing.
1: So Washington, with its second of two fifth-round picks in the 2020 draft, took Khaliq Hudson. The pick that was used to take Hudson was actually the pick that Washington acquired from the Seattle Seahawks in the Quentin Dunbar trade of March 2020. So Kalik Hudson is what Washington got back essentially for Quentin Dunbar. Kalik Hudson was Isaiah Simmons-like for Michigan in 2019 and that he played all over the field. So Kalik Hudson is a guy who, yes, offers position flex.
2: Position flex.
1: Yes, Ron, position flex. Uh, Kalik Hudson in 2019 for Michigan for Pro Football Focus had 371 snaps as a box safety, 210 snaps as a slot corner, 200 snaps as a defensive lineman, 52 snaps as a free safety, and 20 snaps as an outside corner. He was all over the place. He in 2019 started all 13 games for Michigan at the Viper position. Which is a hybrid safety linebacker role. You've heard Ron talk about the Buffalo Nickel position for Washington. That's a sense of the same thing: a hybrid safety linebacker role. Kaleik Hudson is a valuable special teams guy, but you know, you'd like it to be that he's more than just a special teams guy for you. And in theory, he's gonna get an opportunity here. You know, Kalik Hudson in a November 2017 Michigan home win over Minnesota actually tied a single-game NCAA record with eight tackles for loss. Uh, As for David Mayo, Washington signed Mayo as an unrestricted free agent this past March. Signed him on March 18th, just the second day of the NFL's new league year. Uh, Washington, on August 31st, released Mayo in the cut down to 53. But Washington, on September 1st, announced the re-signing of Mayo to the active roster. This season is Mayo's age 28 season, and he has played for, you guessed it, the Carolina Panthers. Uh, They took him in the fifth round of the 2015 NFL Draft out of Texas State, though he played for the Panthers as mostly a special teams player from 2015 through 2018. Signed a two-year contract with the San Francisco 49ers in March 2019, but was released by the 49ers in their cut down to 53. For the 2019 season, Mayo signed with the New York Giants in September 2019, played for the Giants the last two seasons. Mayo in the 2019 regular season did play for the Giants in all 16 games, including 13 starts. Uh, He, per pro football focus that season, had a run defense grade of 90.1, but also a coverage grade of just 48.8. And then Mayo last regular season for the Giants played in just 11 games, including two starts due to a torn meniscus. In his left knee. Well, whoever is playing linebacker for Washington moving forward will be a part of a Washington defense that has been atrocious on third downs, as we all know. Washington in the win at Atlanta allowed the Falcons to go 10 of 16 on third downs. Washington, as we speak here on this Tuesday, is dead last in the NFL so far this season in lowest opponents' third down efficiency at 59.7%. Opponents are 37 of 62 on third downs this season. That is pathetic. Rod Rivera on Monday on the Washington defense's latest struggles on third downs.
2: Initially, some of it to me is, is just missed opportunities, just being in the right place at the right time. Um, and, 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 you know, that's the hard part is you look at it, you get the right situation. And, and uh, fortunately we, we, we we bite on something or we don't get the pressure we'd like to have or, you know, who knows? I mean, those are things that we're going to continue to work on. And and it's it's it is frustrating uh, more so than anything else just because, you know, we put ourselves in that position. So we've just got to we've just got to finish.
1: Yeah, you do. But that has not happened yet this season. Could that possibly be viewed as a positive? After all, Washington is two and two. If you really want a glass half full things, you can say that it is encouraging that Washington has won two of four games, given how bad the defense has been. Like if Washington can go two and two with the defense being really bad, what's gonna happen if slash when the defense gets better? Well, Rod right on Monday on whether there's any relief in knowing that Washington is two and two, despite the defense having played so poorly.
2: I wouldn't say relief. I'd say disappointment because I think if we lived up to, to, to or played up to our abilities, our capabilities, if we if we done some of the things I think we're capable of defensively, I think we could be better than two and two. And uh, But we're not. So, you know, we are what our record says, and that's two and two. Uh, we've got some things to work out, some things to get ourselves to, to do to give ourselves a chance to, 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 to win football games. And so I'm excited as we start the uh, second quarter of the season.
1: I'm excited too, but I'm also very discouraged by this defense. It isn't getting better. It is making struggling offenses look like world beaters. And the defense continues to feel to me like there's more going on with it than we know, you know? And that brings us to Chase Young. So Chase Young in the win at the Falcons was mixed. He did have some good moments. Falcons' second offensive drive resulted in a late first quarter punt. Fifth snap of the drive. Chase Young hit Matt Ryan on a third and 13. Shotgun incompletion. The oh-so-rare third down stop by the Washington defense. Uh, The Falcons' fifth offensive drive resulted in the Matt Ryan third and four 12-yard shotgun touchdown pass to running back Cordero Patterson with 14 seconds left in the second quarter. Seven snap of that drive, Chase Young and Montez Sweat tackled running back Mike Davis for a three-yard loss on a first and 10 under center handoff run. But Chase Young also remains sackless on the season. And Chase Young is a part of a Washington defense that overall has not been good. And then there's this. Chase Young's playing time on Sunday went down. Chase Young in the win at the Falcons played on just 80% of Washington's defensive snaps. His playing time percentages from weeks one through three were 86, 91, and 89%. Washington in the win at the Falcons had a total of 76 defensive snaps. Chase Young played on 61 of those 76 defensive snaps. So there were 15 defensive snaps in the game for which Washington deemed Chase Young as not worthy of being on the field, unless he was banged up. Ron Rivera on Monday on Chase Young not being on the field on some key defensive snaps in the win at the Falcons.
2: Sometimes the rotation ends up that way. And and if you can get him back out there, you try to get him out there.
1: All right, I'm sorry, but that is not a legitimate answer. Sometimes the rotation ends up that way. Uh, Not everyone is equal in the rotation. Uh, No, you want to play who you want to play when you want to play that person. Now, I don't expect Ron during a press conference to crush Chase Young, okay? So I'm not going to crush Ron for that answer. But understand, that's not a legit answer, okay? Chase Young's playing time, dipping down as it did in the loss at the Falcons, is another sign that something is off here. I've been talking about this. I would not be surprised at all if Chase's playing time at the Falcons being down was a result of Chase having not adhered to the defensive scheme. I think it's pretty clear that Chase Young has been one of the guys who Ron Rivera has been referring to when discussing players not always playing the scheme as it's supposed to be played. ESPN NFL analyst Marcus Spears on ESPN's NFL Live last week crushed Washington's defensive line. Called it selfish and undisciplined. Pointed out multiple selfish and undisciplined moments for Chase Young in the loss at the Buffalo Bills in week three. Understand that Chase Young's playing time dipped down in the win at the Falcons. That's a coincidence that's hard to ignore. Chase Young's season remains in a very unsettling place. He needs to be better. Washington needs him to be better. And if there are problems between Chase and Jack Del Rio, or between Chase and Ron Rivera, then those problems need to be worked out. Well, do you need a lawyer? Uh, Do you think that you might need a lawyer? Uh, If you have a case, contact Paulson and Nace. Paulson and Nace handles complex personal injury, medical negligence, and wrongful death cases. The services of Paulson and Nace are available in DC, Maryland, and West Virginia. Paulson and Nace is a family law firm. The Naces are DMV through and through, big Washington football team fans. I've known the Naces for more than 25 years. These are good people. These are smart people, and these are successful people. Paulson and Nace is a law firm that wins. Paulson and Nace has recovered millions of dollars for the sick and injured. You see, not all law firms focusing on medical malpractice, birth injuries, product liability, and other personal injury matters have trial experience. In fact, many law firms have no courtroom experience at all and look to settle such cases without ever presenting them to a jury. A client has limited options for reasonable settlement if he or she is represented by an attorney with limited trial experience. Well, Paulson and Nace is like the Bill Belichick, of D.C. area law firms. Founding partner Barry Nace has tried more medical malpractice cases to verdict in Washington, D.C. than any other plaintiff's attorney. Like I said, Belichick, if you're looking for a lawyer, ask yourself this. Do you want an attorney who talks about unverified successful cases, or do you want a law firm that has fought the good fight for decades? That is Paulson and Nace. If you have a case, contact Paulson And Nace, if you feel as if you've been wronged, if you have a complex personal injury, medical negligence, or wrongful death case, or you think that you may have one but aren't sure, call Paulson and Nace and schedule a no-obligation appointment. Yeah, you're obligated to nothing. You can call Paulson and Nace at 202-902-7611. That's 202-902-7611. When you call, make sure that you tell Paulson and Nace that Al Galdi sent you. Make sure that you say, hey, I heard about you guys on the Al Galdi podcast. Here's what I got going on. Schedule a no-obligation appointment by calling 202-902-7611. 1-1. Paulson and Nace, when tragedy happens, let their family take care of yours. All right, let's talk Washington football team offense off the injury news that came out on Monday off the 34-30 win at the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. So it looks like Washington is going to be without right guard Brandon Sheriff for at least a few weeks. Uh, his knee injury appears to be a sprained MCL. Two to three weeks is the expected absence. We also have tight end Logan Thomas dealing with a hamstring injury. He appears to be more week to week. We on Monday did not get word on receiver De'Ami Brown, who was dealing with a knee, or receiver Cam Sims, who was dealing with a hamstring. So let's start with Sheriff. And here's the bottom line. He's hurt again. Okay, I mean, I don't want to be harsh. I certainly wish him uh, all the best in his recovery. Hopefully he's back sooner rather than later. But Brandon Sheriff last regular season missed three games. Brandon Sheriff over the previous three regular seasons, 2018 through 2020, missed a total of 16 games. And now he's hurt again. Okay, last season, 2020, Brandon Sheriff missed three games due to a reported sprained right MCL that was suffered in the 30-15 loss at the Arizona Cardinals in week two. 2019 Sheriff missed five games. He was inactive for two consecutive games and then was placed on the reserve injured list due to shoulder and elbow injuries. 2018 Sheriff missed eight games due to a torn pectoral muscle, and now he's hurt again. He's playing this season under the terms of the one-year $18.036 million non-exclusive franchise tag tender. I wanted no part of Sheriff playing for Washington under the terms of a second consecutive franchise tag tender. I wanted Washington this past offseason to either A, sign Sheriff to a long-term deal, or B, tag him and trade him. And a big part of why I don't like Washington continually having franchise tag Brandon Sheriff is the guy gets hurt a lot okay and when you combine that with his position he is a guard
2: the other one's a guard
1: yes jay gruden brandon sheriff is a guard this is a massive overpay a 1 year 18.036 million dollar contract for brandon sheriff i don't care how good of a guard the guy is uh, i do believe that there are people inside the washington football team organization who felt as i felt this past offseason about not tagging brandon sheriff for a second consecutive offseason. I still go back to Ron Rivera in a Zoom press conference on March 10th saying that franchise tagging Sheriff for a second consecutive offseason, quote, was my decision and my decision alone, end quote. I thought that was a very telling quote from Ron Rivera during the offseason. But whatever, what's done is done. And so at least for the short term, Wes Schweitzer is Washington's starting right guard. Schweitzer in the win at the Falcons replaced Sheriff at right guard, played on 42% of Washington's offensive snaps. Rod Rivera at his day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday on how Wes Schweitzer graded out in the win at the Falcons.
2: Very well. You know, last year, um, uh, Wes had started for us uh did some really good things really really good things he's a, he's a very powerful stout guy who does a heck of a job he's he's always prepared always ready to roll um and and i, I think we'll be fine i really do i, I got a lot of confidence in west and um you know going forward for whenever Brendan's ready to roll we'll we'll go from there but in the meantime you know we're going to give west every bit of support we can to help him out as he he prepares to get ready to play football
1: yeah, and he has played plenty of football. Schweitzer did a nice job as Washington starting left guard last season upon taking over for Wes Martin, who, as you may know, is no longer with Washington. The New York Giants on September 27th signed Wes Martin off of Washington's practice squad. As for Logan Thomas, uh look, this was a concern going into the season. Washington's depth at tight end. That depth is about to be tested. Ricky Seals-Jones, presumably now is Washington's TE1, uh, if in fact Logan is going to miss some time here. Seals-Jones in the win at the Falcons, two receptions for 19 yards on four targets, and playing on 93% of Washington's offensive snaps. But Seals-Jones had some spotty moments. Uh, Washington's third offensive drive resulted in Taylor Heineke's second quarter, third and eight, 33 yards, shotgun touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. The sixth snap of that drive and the snap right before the touchdown. Ricky Seals-Jones had a drop on a Taylor Heineke's second and eight shotgun incompletion. Although in fairness to Seals-Jones, it did appear as if safety Jalen Hawkins got away with a hold on Seals-Jones. But on Washington's eighth offensive drive, the one that resulted in Taylor Heineke's second touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin. The fourth quarter, first and 10, 17-yard under center play action. Miracle touchdown pass. Uh, to Terry McLaurin. Ricky Seals-Jones on the first snap of that drive committed a first and 10 five-yard full start penalty. Uh, Washington also has John Bates. He, in the win at the Falcons, was not targeted in playing on 24% of Washington's offensive snaps. And Washington has Samus Reyes, who has been inactive for each of Washington's First four games of the season. Rod Rivera on Monday on what he has seen from Ricky Seals, Jones, and John Bates, and on whether Samus Reyes may be about to be active.
2: No, I'm, we've seen some tremendous growth. We, we really has uh, we have from Ricky. You know, in, in terms of his development as a, as a tight end, as a complete tight end. I mean, he does a great job um, with his routes. He's, he's learning to to run those even better. He's got good hands. He's he's a, he's a uh, pretty sure catcher. Um, his blocking has come a long way. He, he did a nice job this past weekend, uh, so we're excited to see even more of him. Uh, I thought John Bates really—it it really didn't seem too big for him. He really seemed to handle it well as a uh, as a young player, and showed some very promising things. Um, probably the play that sticks out the most for me, as far as John Bates was concerned, was uh, the finishing block that he made on the touchdown, on the kickoff return. I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, hands were in great position feet were right underneath him where he needed to be good position and just drove through and finished the the block that just you know that really sprung him um sprung uh uh uh, dc the rest of the way so that was good to see um so I was happy to see that development um sam 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 samus looks like he's going to get an opportunity this coming sunday so uh you know he'll have to start getting himself geared up and ready to roll
1: All right. So Samus Reyes is tracking toward being active for this Sunday afternoon's game against the New Orleans Saints at FedEx Field at one. If you caught my conversation with former Washington tight end Logan Paulson last week in episode 155 of the podcast, we talked Samus Reyes, who Logan has actually worked with. And one of the things that we got into was whether Washington truly wanted Samus to ever be active this season. Well, uh, Samus now is about to be active, whether Washington wants it or not. Uh, He may not play a lot in this game against the Saints, but then again, if Seals Jones gets hurt, if Bates gets hurt, uh, then it's showtime for Samus. Uh, Washington signed Samus Reyes as an unrestricted free agent this past April 13th. He had never played football at any meaningful level, converted basketball player, played collegiately at Tulane, athletic freak. The dude drove for DoorDash in 2020. During the COVID nineteen pandemic, Samus Reyes, born in Chile, he would be the first Chilean-born player to play in the NFL. Ron Rivera on Monday on the significance of Samus Reyes becoming the NFL's first Chilean-born player.
2: Well, I think it's tremendously important, you know, that that he comes from Chile, I, I, and, and the reason being is that you know this this game, this sport that we play is is can be a world sport and you know, you really want to play the best players. And when you can find athletes from all over, that that's a pretty neat thing. So I think that's pretty cool, first off. And and, and there is some importance. There is some significance to that. Um, but I, I think it's important uh, to really appreciate his journey more so than, than than other things, too, because how hard he's worked to get to where he is. You know, the, the kid's a tremendous athlete. It's, I don't know if you know his whole story, but he actually had a chance to, to, to play football in high school. And his parents... Talked him out of it because, they, you know, because actually both his parents play uh, played uh, um, competitive basketball and they both played for the Chilean national teams. And so they're both very good basketball players as well. And they, they convinced him to stick with basketball. So um, but because of his his body structure and composition and size, whatever you want to say, uh, how he's built, slapped together, um, he's got he's got the body for it. And uh, he also has the mindset. And so when you watch him and see him, the way he prepares, the way he studies and gets himself ready to do things, um, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's done it the right way.
1: Yeah, Ron has had a lot of nice things to say about Samus Reyes in terms of his work ethic. One more item from Ron Rivera's day after the game Zoom press conference on Monday off the Washington football team's 34-30 win at the Atlanta Falcons on Sunday. And that item is Dustin Hopkins.
2: Hopkins delivers.
1: No, Hopkins did not deliver in the win at the Falcons. Dustin Hopkins, yes, made his only field goal attempt, but he also missed two extra point attempts. Hopkins missed the extra point attempt that followed Antonio Gibson's second quarter two-yard touchdown run for a 13-10 Washington lead. And Hopkins missed the extra point attempt that followed DeAndre Carter's second half opening 101-yard kickoff return for a touchdown for a 19-17 Washington lead. Uh, Hopkins' two-missed extra point attempts meant that Taylor Heineke's miracle fourth quarter 17-yard touchdown pass to Terry McLaurin only cut Washington's deficit to 30-28 necessitating that Washington go for two. And Washington failed on its two-point conversion attempt. Uh, The field goal that Hopkins made was a third quarter 21-yard field goal that cut Washington's deficit to 23-22. So great. He made a 21-yard field goal in the third quarter. And so here we are again with the Dustin Hopkins situation. I mean, I'm not going to go over everything again with this guy and what Washington has been through with this guy. I think everyone is very familiar by now with the Dustin Hopkins saga. Ron Rivera has supported Hopkins throughout his struggles, but take a listen to this. Ron on Monday on his position on Dustin Hopkins' job security moving forward.
2: Well, he's our kicker, um, and we'll leave it at that. So, quote,
1: he's our kicker, And we'll leave it at that, end quote. That was the entirety of Ron's answer. That to me is not good if you're Dustin Hopkins. If Ron is truly still confident in Hopkins, if Ron is still truly believing in Hopkins, if Ron is truly still planning on sticking with Hopkins, Ron would have given a more expansive answer, an answer that was far more encouraging than cryptic. That answer was cryptic. Ron gave the kind of answer that a politician gives. He's our kicker is a present tense statement. Like, yes, technically that is true. He is our kicker. Uh, Now, it may not be that Ron is planning on cutting Hopkins like this week, but maybe Ron now views the situation as Hopkins having one strike left, you know, like maybe now finally Dustin Hopkins is hanging by a string. But I thought that that answer was very much a departure from previous Ron answers on Hopkins. You got no mention of the operation. You got no mention of Washington having a new long snapper in the cheese man, Cameron Cheeseman or anything like that.
2: Hopkins delivers.
1: Yeah, he better deliver moving forward or he's going to be out of a job. All right, that will do it for you and me for now. Keep the feedback coming. You can tweet me at Al Galdi. You can email me, the Al Galdi podcast at yahoo.com. Wednesday's show, episode 160, will feature a special guest, former Old Dominion football head coach Bobby Wilder. Uh, he was ODU's head coach from 2009 through 2019. Taylor Heineke was a quarterback for ODU from 2011 through 2014. It was with Coach Wilder and Heineke that ODU made the transition from the FCS to the FBS beginning with the 2013 season. It was with Coach Wilder that Heineke in 2012 won the Walter Payton Award as the best player in the FCS. We'll get Coach Wilder's takes on what Taylor Heineke has been doing as the Washington football team starting quarterback. Very much looking forward to the insights of Coach Wilder. He's a very good talker, and he brings a perspective on Taylor Heineke that few guys can provide. Have a great rest of your Tuesday, and I'll talk to you on Wednesday.